This is James and the Agent on 12-Ounce Sports, Zango TV, Channel 761. That's Jared, the Agent Nylon. I'm James A. Paxson. We're joined by a very special guest. He's a friend of mine, and he's the Windsor Express play-by-play broadcaster. His name is Aaron Sanders. Aaron, how are we doing, buddy? We're doing good over here in Windsor. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're surviving, man. You know, it's uh, coronavirus blues. I... I can imagine you know how it feels, but unfortunately, Aaron, you know how something else feels that's pretty sad. I know you are a San Antonio Spurs fan, and this is the first mm-hmm. year, into my knowledge, 22 years since they've made the playoffs, so it's got to be a little sad, but just talk with Jared and I some of the best moments of your Spurs fandom. Well, well I'll tell you this. The last time they missed the playoffs, I was about one or two years old so it just ages me right there (laughs) but i'll tell you living in san antonio for about six years uh, one of the greatest moments will be the 2003 championship team and i'll tell you it's still and everybody could get at me for this is that what everybody's saying these days but i still think it's one of the powerful championship teams that i have seen in the nba you had the veterans like David Robinson, who was on his way out, Danny Ferry, Steve Kerr coming off the bench, knocking down threes. And then you have an up-and-coming Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. And then, of course, the piece de resistance as the MVP, Tim Duncan. Like, they were one of the finest teams I've ever seen. I was able to catch a few games in person at the AT&T Center and just seeing them, you know, come together and no matter what and get the best record in the league in the West and the championship, the boot. It was one of those special moments, and I realized that, you know, I was a part of history, and I remember watching the championship game. Uh, the broadcasters, they were talking about, you know, how Phil Jackson said the 99 championship team, you should have an asterisk to it. This team has an explanation point, and, you know, that moment made me feel real good. So June fifteenth, two 2003, Spurs winning championship number two. It was a special moment, a special team. And say what you want, there's a lot of teams that could try to go for that feed, but I don't think anybody could duplicate what they did that year. Do you believe Pop is the best NBA coach of all time? One of the best. I mean, if he's not on your Mount Rushmore, then, folks, you got to look very closely into this. He's right next to Pat Riley, right next to Red Auerbach, because if you do not have him on your Mount Rushmore, then, seriously, choose a moment, because he's one of the pioneers of the coaching. Uh, Mount Rushmore is right there. And Phil Jackson, of course. Jared, do you have a question for Aaron Sanders, play-by-play broadcaster of the Windsor Express? Uh, yeah, hey, how's it going, Aaron? We haven't, I don't going think... good, Jared. Nice <laughs> to hear from you. Hey, so I wanted to ask you uh, a question that's been on my mind lately, and it has to do with Giannis. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Giannis has enough parts to his game to win multiple championships? You know, I think... He has what it takes to be a title contender. But, you know, to me, I still think it's a team game. There's still a little bit of things that he's got to work on. Like, for example, like one thing that irked me in the last little while was the turnovers. But I think, James, I think I talked to you about this in the podcast like a month or two ago. Giannis has like the tools to have a terrific transition game. He finishes strong. His post work is very monumental. And on top of that, he gives me a whole lot of faith that the NBA could be a big man game once again. But the question is, does he have enough parts? I think he's missing one piece of the puzzle, and Milwaukee could be going to title town in like a year or two. You know, Aaron, I I like that you brought up the turnovers for Giannis. Uh, And and it's when he's, you know, it seems like it's when he's 
down low or driving the basket. He just has trouble sometimes really just holding the ball or getting a good grip on it, it seems like. And I, I saw it a couple times even earlier tonight where I think in the first two or three minutes, he lost the ball a couple times down there. I think that's something he really needs to work on because in crunch time, you can't be turning the ball over in the paint. Well, it's, it all comes down to responsibility. Again, the fella is young, mind you. But when you go down to the paint, you got to be sure about one thing. And holding on to the ball is one thing. The second off, you can't just wait in the paint and just think about your next move. And I always tell people this. If you're going right down to the paint, put the clamps on the ball, go to the basket, and you know what? Just dominate right out there. Because when it does come to the stretch, and you're right about this, there's no room for errors and mistakes. Then again, Russell Westbrook made that same mistake a couple of nights ago, throwing that ball away, <laughs> but that's besides the point. <laughs> for sure. All right. One other question for you, too, for myself right now. Do you think Jimmy Butler's redefining his career in Miami? Oh, I believe so. I mean, anybody that comes in with veteran experience like Jimmy Butler is going to put up some positive numbers. Because honestly, I thought a few years ago with the teams that Butler was on, I mean, think about it, Chicago. I didn't think it was basically his team because remember they're still coming fresh from the whole Derrick Rose situation and whatnot and then Philadelphia we won't even go there but he's got a lot of young players that he can mentor and they know that some of the responsibility could be pinned on him and you know what that's one of the main reasons why I think that his career is really coming right back up top over in Miami they've been making some really good moves like he's playing with Tyro Hero I think he's one of the finest shooters in the southeast division and on top of that, you got other players like Bam Adayo, who, like, he's young. And in a few years' time, they'll take over the Miami Heat when Butler either, I don't know, retires or goes somewhere else. But right now, this is the fit that Miami needed. Looking at the Western Conference right now, Aaron, last night's game was really interesting to watch between the Nuggets and the Jazz, and the Nuggets come out of that series. But do the Nuggets have enough from one guy to win? Or are they an easy second-round exit against the Clippers? You know, we saw a lot from Jamal Murray where he is an exceptional shooter. And Nikola Jokic is probably the best passing big man in the league. But do you see these guys being an easy exit for the Clippers? Or are they going to give good competition to L.A.? You know what? If anything, I see them going out in five or six. Because Jokic, when he has that passing prowess, he reminds me a little bit of Arvidas Sabonis from Portland in the late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, that's something that the big man really need to capitalize more, being more effective. But Jamal Murray, man alive. I mean, it, this was a perfect time for him to break out. He didn't do much in game seven as the way I thought because, you know, he broke out in the second quarter and I thought he was a little bit quiet scoring-wise in the second half. But he's still young. He's still got a lot of tools to do it. But keep in mind, I believe the Nuggets are going to play against the Clippers the next round. Am I correct on that? Yep, it's uh, Nuggets and Clippers. They start tomorrow. Oh, boy. Well, I'll tell you this. The Clippers, they're really finding their their sweet spot right now. Kawhi's being Kawhi, one of the leading scorers in the league right now. He pretty much dominates in the post and transition game like Giannis. And then, you know what? I think Paul George is finally finding his strides. He had his shooting uh, sorrows in the first few games, but he finally got into himself. But the question is consistency. But I think the Clippers have too much firepower offensively and, I believe, defensively to take care of the Nuggets. It won't be a seven-game series, I'll tell you that right now. Before you ask your next question, Jared, you know, it was funny there. I've gotten to know Aaron a little bit over the past couple of months. He knew 
that the Clippers and Nuggets were playing the series, but he needed to be the great game show host that he is. It's funny. Aaron loves game shows, and Jared, he is so into these game shows, it's hilarious. He's like a game showman with whatever he does, and when you listen to his play-by-play, you know, it's basically like Bob Barker out there. I, I love that you did that, Aaron. Well, if only the, if only the price was right, but anyhow. <laughs> but no, I appreciate that. I'm at, honestly... I'm I'm at 50 game show board games right now, and like they're they're my life. Next to sports, they're my life too, and it's it's unbelievable. I I even ask I even tell my friends about it. It's like, are you serious? They're like, yep. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right, Aaron. Um, do, do you think the Lakers proved enough in their series against Portland, um, to prove that they can handle round two easily? Well, you know what? I, I believe so. I mean, they went through so many trials and tribulations against that team, and especially they took care of somebody that was really at their prime, Damian Lillard. And I was saying to myself, and I even talked to my brother about this, Damian Lillard is a must-see player, especially in the bubble. But now with him out of the picture, the Lakers, I think they could breathe just a little bit easily now. I mean, you know what I'm impressed with, you guys, is the fact that LeBron, after all these years of him being a top scorer, he's now becoming a more better passer. Best in the league in assists per game and whatnot. He's sharing the ball. And you know what? It's just indicative of how capable the Lakers can be of being a title contender. You can't be selfish. you got to give up the ball. And him, AD, and everybody else, they're doing a terrific job. Now they just got to hang on tight to see who's going to win against the Thunder and the Rockets because that – is going to be a doozy series. James in the agent here on 12 ounce sports radio and Zango TV channel 761. I'm James a Paxson. That's Jared, the agent Nyland, Aaron Sanders, Windsor play-by-play broadcaster in the national basketball league of Canada is joining us. And of course, basketball insider for the show, Aaron. I think one thing that the Lakers have a problem with is Anthony Davis, LeBron James are two top five players in the league. But then there's a huge drop-off. Do you think the Lakers don't have enough help to win the championship? I mean, Kuzma's a maybe. Grant is a maybe. Like, what What do you think is happening with the Lakers when LeBron and AD are not on top of their game? Are they just falling apart? Uh, I, think, I, I think it's a little bit of consistency issue, yes. And you know what? Uh, looking at... You know, some of the players, which I thought would be a big piece for the Lakers, like Danny Green and KCP, they're flustering a little bit on their shots. And you know what? That could cost them in the long run. It's like they need one more veteran player and one more person that's in their prime right now. Because think of it. They picked up Danny Green when he was with the Raptors, and he didn't shoot that well a season ago. And KCP, I I don't know what's going on for him. He's got to get within the system. But for everybody else, they got to realize, look, we're in play ball, playoff basketball mode now. We're with all these veterans. We can't rely on them. We got to let our actions speak louder than words and do something about it. And you know what? I, I saw something similar with the OKC Thunder the other game with Dennis Schroeder and whatnot. And I have a feeling that could be Dennis Schroeder's team in the future if Chris Paul leaves. But they really got to stand their ground when Anthony Davis and LeBron isn't at their game or off the court because – you're going to gain experience, but you don't want to gain it while losing. They got to get it together or else they're going to fall off the wagon. 
You know, it's funny. I want to get your opinion on this Thunder Rockets series. And whoever wins will lose to the Lakers most indefinitely. But, you know, what are your thoughts with this, you know, storyline? You know, Chris Paul was a Houston Rocket, and they came really close to making it to the finals against the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Championship a couple years ago. And then Chris Paul basically trades places with Russell Westbrook. And I'm curious, you know, between Harden, Westbrook, and Paul, who needs to win it more? out of this series of all three and who, if they lose would be the one that you go, they're the worst player out of the three. Well, you know what? I, I think the thunder needed more than anything. And if it goes to the wayside, I think when it comes to it, I think Westbrook would be one of the, one of the worst players right there, because I don't know if I'm the only one that sees it. I don't think Westbrook is that clutch anymore. It's more of a James Harden game because it's been like that the last few years. He's got the footwork. He's got the go-ahead to go straight down to the basket. But I'll talk to them more about that later. But Chris Paul, this guy has been a busy man, uh, not only on the court but off the court too, as the as the leader for the Thunder and in charge of the Players Association. And his his work ethic, my goodness, could be enough to spur the Thunder into an upset, if you ask me, because these guys. I honestly thought they were a sleeper team going into the bubble and they have proven me right at the moment. But if the Rockets don't find a way to get through this game seven and pull off a victory, then you're going to have to pin it to Westbrook. Like I haven't, I haven't seen a turnover like that a couple of nights ago and like a number of years throwing away, you know, what could have been a go ahead. Everybody thought Harden would get the ball, but it was rough Westbrook up on the top. He's got to take care of the ball more often. So, the way I see it, I think the Thunder will win it. And if the Rockets lose, Westbrook could be the problem right there. All right, Aaron, another question for you here. Uh, who, what team in the league right now do you think is best set up for, you know, three, four years down the line? So, you know, LeBron's kind of on the way out of his career and things like that. A lot of the young guys are taking over. Who's going to be the team to beat in about three, four years? You know what, if I'm in the Eastern Conference right now, I would say the Atlanta Hawks, because honestly, despite everything they've been through, they they amazed the daylights out of me. I honestly thought, you know, Trey Young was a little bit overrated, but he's shown a little bit more responsibility in the last two years. They brought in a veteran, Vince Carter. I'm sure a lot of people heard about him. And, you know, I think it brought a lot of confidence. But with Trey Young, at the guard position right now and putting up those numbers like he's been doing, he's capable of spurring the Hawks to victory. Of course, they need additional pieces to the puzzle, but I think they'll be all right because if I'm not mistaken, like about five or six years ago, they made it against the Cavaliers in the Eastern finals and then things fell off for them. They're in a rebuilding phase, but I think they already started off on the right note with getting Trey Young. That's what I think in the Eastern Conference. One more team I should mention, though, I, I've been gunning for the Sacramento Kings for the last few years. People have been saying Phoenix, but I'm like, I don't know if they have it. All they have is Booker and whatnot, but I think the Kings could be a squeaker inside the Western Conference because they were close to it when they were in the bubble, but they did not come through. What, uh, what are a couple teams in your mind right now in the league who are so far off from having any success? Like, what are some teams you just laugh at? You know, that's one of the toughest questions 
I've been asked all week when it comes to this whole basketball thing. Um, I'm not going to say Phoenix, but I think I think it would be a little bit of the Pelicans, and I think going down the road, and I have to say it, it's going to be my Spurs because I don't know what they've done in the last few years. And you saw what happened at the beginning of the season. They would be up by like a couple of points down the stretch, and then they find some way to lose it. And unfortunately, you have to pin the blame on a couple of the young players. If you can't get it together by now, then you're going to be in the draft lottery in, in, ne- in the next couple of years. And that's me being very critical, considering that this was the team I grew up with. But you know what? You have good players like DeRozan. You have players like LaMarcus Aldridge. But you know they're not going to be the ones to hold that responsibility for a long time. Like Lonnie Walker and all those other guys is like they got to know how to respond in clutch time and take care of the ball. Do you believe uh, DeMar DeRozan's career is pretty much over, or how do you see DeMar DeRozan ending his NBA career? Uh, anywhere else besides San Antonio. He's he's an all right player with San Antonio. He did all he could, and you know what? He's put on an, a remarkable performance mm-hmm. in the season, but the way I see it, he's going to be going elsewhere in like the next one or two years or whenever his contract expires because I think it's time for San Antonio to go for a full rebuild and you know taking him out of the roster would be a good start for it because he's up he's up there and as far as his career is concerned all right Aaron and then finally two here who's going to win the east and the west and then also who's your NBA champion this year okay okay so the way I see it if Toronto doesn't get a move on against the Boston Celtics I'm going to go for Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. However, over at the West, I am torn between the Clippers and the Lakers. But the way I see it, I, I see it as a Clippers and Bucks final and the Clippers finally getting their first championship in franchise history. Going back to when they were the Buffalo Braves, going back to when they were in San Diego and now over to L.A. This would be amazing. And who knows, Kawhi might go back to back. In two different teams and not a lot of players in the NBA has done that in the history. So I got my money on LA Clippers. You know, the, uh, the Clippers would be something else. Cause not only, you know, defeating the Lakers in the Western conference finals, most likely winning their first championship, kind of putting it in the face of the Lakers. You then have Kawhi winning his third, you get Paul George getting his first ring. I think there's so many storylines with the Clippers where if they do get it done, it's going to be pretty historic. It's going to be very special, no question about it. And once again, one of the ferocious front courts in the NBA by far, and especially in the bubble. I always say I love to see a big man game in the NBA, and especially if they have speed and work off real well in the transition game. It's going to get you places because it's not a small man league anymore. The big men, they're thinking strategically. And I think this George and Leonard connection could go a long way especially it could begin in the bubble playoffs. Aaron, do you think LeBron James's legacy will be tarnished if he does not make it to the finals, let alone win it this year? You know what? I don't think it will be tarnished because you got to keep in mind, you know, in his first year. Jared, did we lose Aaron? I was just about to say something. It looked like he actually He's doing a real good job out there. So I don't think he'll. Hey, be Aaron. Tarnished. Yes. 
You mind starting that one over? We lost you for a couple seconds. Oh, no problem. No problem. I don't think, to make the long story short, I don't think his legacy will be tarnished if they miss the finals this year. I already said at the beginning, like, when he joined the Lakers, give him two or three years, he'll make the finals because they're going to get pieces to the puzzle that worked out. They got AD and they got everybody else. So I think he'll be just fine. Aaron, one thing I want to ask you before we let you go here, it's James and the Agent on 12 on Sports, Dango TV, Channel 761. We're talking to Aaron Sanders, basketball insider for our show and the play-by-play broadcaster for the Windsor Express basketball team and the National Basketball League of Canada. What were your thoughts with what happened in the NBA and mostly all sports last week that they decided to boycott the games and make their message more clear? I want to know your full thoughts about that because it's something we've never really seen we've seen kneeling at the national anthem we've seen guys talking about it in pre and post game and we've seen guys talking about it in you know radio tv podcast interviews but boycotting a whole game is something we've never seen before i want to get your full thoughts on it this is the first time i actually spoke public about this whole whole thing that happened a week ago it just so happened to occur on my birthday and i thought about it it's like you know what Life is more important than the game. I think it's a real good move. And I remember watching Hockey Night in Canada and Kelly Rudy basically said, one of their analysts said, you know what? We shouldn't be playing hockey right now. We shouldn't even be here. It's like, there's a lot of this stuff that's going on right now. And this is one of them. And we all have to understand. It's like, look, sports is one thing, but your life always comes first. Like your family and your brothers or sisters. Because imagine what if that was one of your brothers and sisters? You're going to feel very hurt about it, and you got to take a stand for it. So what the, the entire sports world did right there as the boycott in the games, I think it's one of the greatest things I have seen as far as humanity and life is concerned. We need to stir more attention to it. we got to make sure things are done. Sports could wait, but you know what? Lives are, I hate to say it, on the line, and we got to stand up for the folks. It's a really good move that they did that. Would you have been upset if they decided to end the playoffs? I wouldn't have been upset at all because, again, life is important. And in some instances, we got to stand up for people that really need a voice right now. And what's going on right now is more important than, you know, going on a hardware court or going on the field and just playing. A lot of stuff is going to be on the mind. And what's going on in the U.S., you can't ignore it. We're watching it on the news. It's like we have to pay attention to it more and, you know, be more aware of the situation. Aaron Sanders, play-by-play broadcaster of the Windsor Express, National Basketball League of Canada. Aaron, you're such probably one of the best guys I know when it involves your suits. How many suit jackets and ties do you own again? (laughs) Well, I got around 30 suits now, and I got probably 246 ties now. Jared, how many ties do you own? Uh, I'm at about three. Three or four is two forty six a real number here or I pro I guarantee you it is I actually counted all the ties that were in my bag the other night it's two hundred forty six and believe it or not a friend of mine I asked a friend of mine it's like well what suit should I wear during the weekend and they said you know the Pac Man suit yeah I have a Pac Man suit so that goes with the ties too. <laughs> so basically, if we're all going out to like the game or the bar, like you're gonna be the best one dressed. Yep, I'm going to be a real-life Barney Stinson. Real-life Barney Stinson. I like that. Are you a big How I Met Your Mother fan? 
you know, I watch a couple episodes. I'm I'm not a big fan of it, but I, I, I at least know what the show is all about. Fair enough. What is, uh before we let you go, what is your favorite sitcom of all time? Well, Full House. No bones about it. Like, I remember watching it when I was younger. A friend of mine at school says, it's like, well, you heard of Family Matters. You watch Full House. I'm like, I'd never heard of it. It's like, tune into it after school. And I've been hooked to it ever since. I watched the revival on Netflix. I watched all the episodes on Netflix, too. It's just a breath of fresh air, and it's one of my greatest shows of all time. You want to know what's funny is in these uh, Chris Paul commercials. Aaron, are you familiar with the I'm the real or I'm the fake Chris Paul commercial? Oh, yeah. I've been seeing a whole lot of those lately. It's funny how many people don't realize that that's Alfano Rivera. Like, they don't realize that that's Carlton. <laughs> Wait, that's Carl. I didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't know that? Really? I, I legitimately had no, I had no idea that was Carlton. Aaron, did you know that? No, I did not know that. Really? Okay. Well, it, that was Carlton. And it's, you know, he's older. And let's face it, he's gained a little bit of weight like all of us. And he's bald. And you don't usually see him bald. So... Yeah, I. It's funny. I okay. I guess I'm just the weird one who knows that. Unlike you oh, two, it, it's all it's all good, Jay. That I'll, I'll tell you this. You know, if they ever reboot the Fresh Prince, just put me on there. I could I could dance a mean Carlton anytime. <laughs> they are actually having a reunion show. Oh, you don't say. Yes, Fresh Prince of Bel Air was a reunion a reunion show. Oh my goodness. Yeah, maybe wow. that'll help fix uh, Will and Jada's relationship. Oh hey. Well. Oh, boy. <laughs> Aaron, here nor there, but you know what? <laughs> it's all good. When there's a will, there's a way, right? <laughs> Did you mean to say will? Did, was that pun intended or no? Well, I'll let y'all think about that. <laughs> Aaron, we'd love to have you on the show sometime again to talk basketball. Um, you'll have to join us again. Oh, please, please do let me know. It's an honor to be on your guys' show. Then keep up the good work. Honestly, love the show. Thank you very much, Aaron. That's Aaron Sanders, play-by-play voice of the Windsor Express basketball team in the National Basketball League of Canada and NBA insider. Also owns 246 ties. Jared, you still don't believe him that he owns 246 ties. That's a lot of ties. Um, I, I I was kind of curious if they're bow ties, regular ties. Like, I, I don't know. Like, does he have, like, 130 bow ties, 140 regular ties? Like, I mean, 246, that's a... I, I mean, that's almost one for each day. Of the, I mean, we're close to one for each day of the year at that point. I mean, I don't really – I I mean, do you have certain days of the year that you wear certain – like, I don't know. I, how do you wear them all? I, I don't I'm, – I'm really baffled by 246 ties. Well, you're the producer of the show. If Aaron is still there with us, he, you can ask him, and you can say – you can talk to him about his ties. I don't know. I'm still here. Aaron, still here. Jared yeah, wants yeah, to talk I to you about like your ties. Yeah. <laughs> Well, pardon me if I feel a little tied up, but no, honestly, I only have two bow ties. Like the other 244 of them ties. Wow. Yeah. So, like, how do you, like, you look at all the ties, like, how do you narrow it down to which one you're going to wear on that certain day? Like, that's a lot of ties to go through. Well, you know, believe it or not, when I call the Express games or do the college games over here in Windsor, you know, I think of this stuff, like, a couple of weeks ahead. Like, for example, if the Express play on Friday – I already have an idea of what I'm going to wear on Tuesday. So it's like a couple of days in advance. And, you know, I think it helps too that most of my ties are like either blue, purple, or pink because, you know, I like those colors. But, you know, for example, if I buy a new tie, 
I'm going to try my best to wear it as soon as possible. I mean, you won't see me wear the Pac-Man suit anytime soon, but hey, you know, that's how it goes. Like I have a thought process for it, you know, put it up on schedule and we'll just see how it works out. As for the bow ties, it's got to be a very special event for me in order to wear it. I mean, they're all clip-ons anyhow, but not the neckties. I mean, I don't have I don't have any questions for him, Jared, about his ties. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I it just that dude, that's so many ties. Like I had to ask, like you know. You know, you're the you're the second person that actually told me I almost have one for each and every year because I remember like two years ago I reached like 130 something, and an old uh, elementary school friend of mine is like, you know, you almost have one for every year, right? And I'm like, that's the mission I want to fulfill. That's amazing, Aaron. But keep in mind, half of those ties I can't even wear anymore because uh, some of them, they're like from the 70s and 80s, and they're so wide. And to make the long story short, I did my 100th NBL Canada game a couple of years ago, and the camera lady for the broadcast, she had a number of these ties in a box that belonged to her grandfather and uncle, so she gave them to me. So I was very grateful that she was able to look up those ties and get them for me. It's like It's an incredible gift. But nonetheless, unless if I send them to a tailor, I don't think they're going to see the light of day unless if I make a quote out of them. It's amazing, Aaron. Uh, thank you again. We'll let you go now. Thank you for talking about your ties. All right, gentlemen, a pleasure. Thanks, Aaron. Wow, Jared. I mean, just <laughs> the tie talk I never would have expected, Jared. I, I had to know. Like, I'm glad he was still there because I was like, I was going to try to get the question in and we kind of moved on a little bit. And I was just, I had the ties on my, on, you know, in my thought process. Cause I'm like 246 ties. I mean, how do you decide that? Like, I, I mean, I guess he plans it out. It kind of sounds like, but 246 ties. I mean, I'd be like, ah, oh, do I wear this one? Do I wear this one? I mean, you get it narrowed down to a hundred, then 50, then you're on like 20, but that's a tough process with 250 ties. <laughs> Working on 9 o'clock right now is James and the Agent on 12 Ounce Sports. Zingo TV, channel 761. That is Jared the Agent Nylon. Jared, where can people find you on social media? Uh, I am on the Twitter. That uh, is at JaredRN15. You can find me there. Uh, I do retweet uh, the show links and stuff like that. So if you go and look who uh, retweets our shows, I'm in there as well. Or JaredRN15. There we go, and I am at Paxson Jimmy. I am James A. Paxson. That's Jared, the Agent Nyland. Jared, since we're going on to the last 25 minutes of the show, before we talk sports good, you wanted to talk some football, so I'm going to let you take over, my friend. Yeah, man, football's, uh, we're a week away from tomorrow. Tomorrow night is NFL kickoff. Uh, it, it feels like it wasn't going to get here. Uh, we're finally here. I feel like it almost was quicker without the preseason being a, being a tease and everything like that. Uh, but man, I'm just excited to, you know, on a, on a Sunday afternoon from 1 PM to about, you know, midnight with Sunday night football, just get to watch football all day again, man. It's, it's by far one, you know, my favorite sport to watch and, and be a fan of, uh, you know, between the lions um, and what they do every Sunday, fantasy football is a big part of, of NFL for me. And it's just a ton of fun. I'm excited that we're back. Um, I, I really didn't imagine, I couldn't imagine a fall without football. So I'm glad we're playing. Um, I also didn't think the NFL would really ever be canceled at the same time, because in my opinion, it's, it's the NFL and they just seem to always, uh, no matter what, just continue moving forward. 
and keep it going really is, is what the NFL seems to do. Um, but I'm just happy. I just want to, you know, preview the season a little bit here tonight with you, JP, uh, kind of get into some teams we like, uh, some, you know, revamped entirely different teams out there this year as well that we could talk about. Uh, just, yeah, just kind of want to, you know, get a little deeper into the NFL with, I mean, I mean, can you believe it's a week away? Well, it doesn't really feel like a week away, and I don't know if anyone else is feeling like I am. It doesn't feel like it's it's true yet. I'm not going to say we're going to have an NFL season with no problems, and that's going to be pretty close to normal until uh, Tuesday after week one. You know, I'm not fully buying this yet, and I think that's part of the 2020 and the coronavirus sports experience. But, yeah, Houston Texans play Kansas City Chiefs next Thursday, and... I don't know, man. I, I'm still like 10% sure it's not even happening. Um, I think it's definitely happening at this point, but I definitely see where you're coming from. And I think if they make it to week two cleanly, I think they're going to be pretty good moving forward the rest of the season. I think week one could be uh, big in the terms of if something does happen, an outbreak, a team you know, has to cancel a game or, or something like that. I, I think that's where you could maybe see some questions get raised, but I mean, like I said, it, I think it's the NFL. I think they're going to keep moving forward. And I'm just, I'm, I'm geeked that we're a week away from watching the NFL again. Cause honestly, it, it feels like we haven't gone that long without football. And which is weird to say, cause this weekend is usually we'd be gearing up for some college football and, and things like that. But I'm just excited. It's going to be a fun season. I think overall, hopefully, hopefully uh, COVID doesn't get in the way during the season too often. Um, you know, and I think it's just going to be a ton of fun, man. I'm excited. It's going to be a crazy season, I think, with, uh, you know, possible scratches on Sunday morning because of COVID and things like that. Um, not obviously not hoping that happens to anyone, but it just, you know, there's going to be a lot of game day events that I think can affect the season and things like that. Um, false positives could be a problem, as we've kind of already seen a little bit. Um, so hopefully the NFL has been able to kind of find a you know, good work around that or a good solution to that uh, where we don't have that issues. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. Like if Thursday morning Mahomes tests positive for COVID and he's not playing that night, you know, um, and he's probably not playing the next week either. So that's, I think, going to be interesting during the season. And I think like in the MLB, it opens up a lot of opportunities for, for teams that maybe aren't expected to be as good this year. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think – I don't think you're going to go through this whole NFL season without some sort of problems coronavirus related. Now, even if it's so minor that someone misses a couple games of practice and then they're terrible in a game, I think that could happen. Now, I also believe another thing that needs to be considered is, look, at what stage do we start... Like, having having our players practice away from the team to not catch the coronavirus. At what point do we, like, have, like, a quarantine team? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, are you saying – now, let me ask you this. So are you saying, like, the full team, the 53-man roster are all practicing in different locations? Is that what you're yes, saying? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying, at what point do you not have the whole team practicing together because you're so scared um, that, you know, you know, they all practice together and then, bam, 
so many people have coronavirus, you can't field a team without either practice squad or you have to forfeit. Um, I think I think if we get to that point, um, it's gonna have to kind of already be kind of a mess, basically. I think that'd be a last, last, last uh resort, basically. Um, because I don't see how the NFL NFL teams can get away with having separate practices. It, it, it would be very difficult. Uh, how do you game plan? How do you work on certain coverages or, you know, offensive line movements, defensive line movements, things like that. I mean, that, that, that takes a lot of timing and a lot of practice, especially for people in new systems. Uh, so I think it'd be very difficult. I think, I think the NFL is at the brink of canceling the season if that becomes the case. And we do actually have a little bit of breaking news from the NFL, JP. I don't know if you just saw this come across about five minutes ago, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just signed running back Leonard Fournette. Bucks are going for it. You know, I can't think of anything more than as soon as they got Brady, they made sure to get Gronk. They got Mike Evans. They got Chris Godwin. Now they go get Fournette. I'm guessing it's a very cheap deal. I don't know if you saw the deal. I, I, well, I know, um, I mean, let me see if I can find the details for it. But, I mean, I know Tampa Bay didn't have much cap room to begin with. Um, and, you know, like you said, they're just, they're just kind of going all in at this point. I don't see any prices quite yet, um, but I'll keep looking here. We'll keep looking for the final 20 minutes of the show to see if we have any prices. Yeah, let's just sit here in silence and see what happens. <laughs> no, I meant can we continue the show, and then if you see any prices, you can say that you saw a price. Correct, yes. Okay, so you put on the show sheet how many teams could win, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to answer that because I haven't seen any preseason. I haven't seen any of the teams play, and I generally believe coronavirus is going to have some sort of impact on the league. So, unfortunately, I don't think we have any idea how many teams could win. But what I will say to you is you got to really be careful against these Chiefs because I think they're one of the biggest favorites to win back-to-back in so many years. So, I think the Chiefs, the Ravens, and if you're going to make me pick an NFC team, I like the Vikings. So, the only three teams I'm going to show out there right now before I see any NFL games— Minnesota, Kansas City, Baltimore. You know, I, I, I like the picks, JP. Um, I, I really like the Vikings pick because they are one of mine. And I also have them picked for another thing later on that we'll talk about. Um, but, you know, I, I like how you brought up this feels like the, you know, the biggest favorite to go back to back in a while. And I think it's because we haven't really seen a team with a young quarterback win in a long time. You know, it's been Brady winning a lot of Super Bowls. Brady, um, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, you know. Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger, you know, you know established guys. Uh, Breeze won one, Rodgers won one. Like, it's these been it's been these established quarterbacks who are almost kind of, you know, when they win that, that last one, they've, you know, kind of been starting to go in the downturn. I mean, I would say the Patriots definitely the most, but, like, I don't know what stops the Chiefs this year other than themselves because I don't – I mean, I think they brought mostly just about every starter back. I know the one offensive lineman retired to stay in the medical field as of right now. I don't think they lost anyone defensively, or if they did, it was like one or two guys. 
Um, so overall, I think the Chiefs are going to be really good. I, it's going to take a lot to stop them. Um, and, and JP, I do actually, I got I six teams for, for the championship. Go right ahead. So I got, K, I got Kansas City like you do, as well as Baltimore. Um, those are really the only two teams out of the AFC I can see making it. And I actually have four NFC teams. And the reason that is, is because I think the NFC overall or at the top is weaker. So I think more teams could come out of the NFC. So wait, wait a second. I don't want to interrupt you. Are you saying you don't see anyone else in the AFC because the Chiefs and the Ravens are the top two teams in the NFL? Correct. Okay, go ahead. Yep. And the reason I have four AFC, or I'm sorry, four NFC teams is because I think there's just not as strong of teams, so more teams can make it. And if you can get to the Super Bowl, you can win one game against the Chiefs and Ravens if you have a hell of a game. So you're a title contender in my eyes. Um, So that's going to be the Saints, the Vikings, like you had. I got the 49ers, and then I'm going to put the Bucs. No, 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 not the Bucs. Oh, he did it. I'm going to put them in there, JP. I got to put the Bucs in there, man. I mean, it's still – it's Tom Brady. Um, you got Mike Evans. You got Chris Godwin. I mean, he's, he's never had better weapons in his career. Randy Moss. I'm Randy Moss. One Randy Moss better than what he has right now down in Tampa. He had, he's got two very good receivers right now. I'm not going to say this is the best weapons he's ever had, but I do love Evans. I do love Godwin. And now you have Leonard Fournette, who had over 1,000 rushing yards last year. I... Don't they do it. The O-line in the Don't draft. do it. The defense is pretty solid. Don't do it. I, I think they can make a run. Oh, man. I I can't disagree with you, but I really don't want to pick Brady on a team that's not the Pats, and I don't want to pick the Pats without Brady. You know, I, I think this is a good segue because, you know, I wanted to talk a little Bucks and Pats. Uh, we've talked a little Bucks, but the Pats, man, I, I think that's an interesting team because the real question I think with them is can the offense be good enough to win games for them? Because the defense is going to be good. We know that. They're going to be one of the top defenses in the league. Uh, they've lost but a lot of starters, though, buddy. They did, but you know how many times that's happened in the past as well? And Bill Belichick finds a way? Bill Belichick like, finds a way. He's easily... Like, the defense, like, even if they lose four or five guys, I'm not concerned with the defense, to be honest. Um, the I think the question is now... Can the offense be good enough? Um, I think they could be with Cam at quarterback if he's healthy. I I really don't know for sure. Um, I, I think it's it's going to be a little tough for them to win, you know, 10, 11 games. Can they win nine and sneak in? Maybe. Do they get to 10 and get in? Maybe. Are they eight and eight and just miss? Possibly. I don't see them being a bad team by any means, though. I think the Bucks' biggest problem to me is they have three good offenses in that division. So let's say Brady has a great game, no interceptions, three, four touchdowns. He still may not win against Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley, or Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, or Christian McCaffrey, Teddy Bridgewater. Like, that's that's my main issue, man, is the Bucks could put up 28 points, but if they give up 35, they're still losing games. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a really good point. Um, but I think they have quite a bit of young guys on the defense that are going to keep getting better. Um, and I think Bruce Arians is a very good coach. 
I know he's more on the offensive side, so I think that's why it works offensively. And I think they can I, – I think with the weapons they have, especially with the addition of a big running back today, I, I think they can go point for point with a lot of teams in the league. Is that our first breaking news of the show? Yeah, that was actually pretty good timing, especially just getting into NFL talk. That's very nice. Very nice. Leonard Fournette goes to the Bucks, And Jared's got the Bucks as one of his Super Bowl teams – where is the Patriots on division winners? Yes or no? Um, I'll say I'll say yes. I think they could do it. Um, I I don't have enough faith in the uh, in the Bills quite yet, especially in Josh Allen. But I think I, I think the Bills are definitely the favorite. Uh, if Cam stays healthy, though, I. I don't count the Pats out of it. You have Bill Belichick. They've won that division countless times over and over and over again. So until they actually get dethroned, I don't think you can count them out. Fair enough. Um, I don't know, man. I don't I don't think I don't want to be the guy to say the Pats can't do it. But how, man? Like that's not the same team as last year. No, definitely, definitely not the same team by any means, but maybe just a, maybe a fresh guy at quarterback. I mean, obviously I know Tom's the, you know, the winningest quarterback in of all time and the best quarterback of all time, but you know, sometimes you just need a little bit of a change, maybe a little bit of a mojo uh, change in the locker room, which I think cam definitely brings for them. So do I think they're going to be as good in, especially in the regular season? No. Can they win eight, nine games and sneak in? Sure. Why not? Yeah, that one's tricky. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say the Pats probably don't make the playoffs this year. Mm, yeah, that's what I'll say. I'll just I'll just leave it at there. Because if, right. I, if I go any deeper, you know what's going to happen. They're going to just win the Super Bowl, and they're going to make James A. Paxson look stupid. So you said before the show you have a surprise team or two. I do. Sorry, I had a little bit of technical difficulties there for a sec. Are are we are we all good? Yeah, we're good to go. Oh, great! So you said before the show you had a surprise team or two. I do. Well, how many do you have? Um, two and and a third, just kind of for fun. Well, have fun with it. Tell me, tell me all three. Okay, I'll start with the main two. Um, and that's the uh, I have the Browns and the Redskins as some surprise teams. For uh, what? Browns, the Browns, I say, is surprised because I think the hype is nowhere near where it was going in the last. But what year. do you mean, like surprise for like what? Are we talking make the playoffs? Like win the could win the division, make the playoffs. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I, I'm I'm gonna say the Browns still right now. Um, I mean, this is kind of it, it feels like a make or break year already for Baker, um, and I think he's gonna step up and play well. They beefed up the O-line, which was a big need. Uh, not only spending a first-round draft pick, they also signed the uh, tackle Conklin from Tennessee. So that's a big signing for them as well. Uh, you added Austin Hooper, the tight end. I mean, all the recipes there for Baker to be successful this year. Um, and, they, and here's the thing, though. They have a tough, tough division, man. Like, you got, you got to play the Steelers twice, and their defense is going to be really good this year. And Big Ben coming back, who knows, could put up some points every once in a while. 
you obviously have the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. And then you have Joe Burrow and the Bengals, which who knows? Joe Burrow could have, you know, like three, four really good games and one could come against you as the Browns. So I think they have a tough schedule, tough division, but I think they have the pieces to make something happen this year Uh, and, and maybe go 10 and six and make the playoffs wild card, you know, five or six seed, whatever it is. I think they can do that. Now, the bigger surprising one, I think, is the Redskins for sure. Well, they're not the Redskins. I apologize. You're right. The Washington football club, team club. I don't even know. You can you can use team and club interchangeable, but what are you trying to say they're going to do? I'm saying I think they could sneak into the playoffs. I mean, are you are you a Haskins believer? Um, it's not as much Haskins as I think it's that defense, man. And especially starting with that defensive line, that defensive line is going to create a ton of havoc where I could maybe see this team at, let's say seven and five down the stretch and, and they might be able to get something done. You know what I mean? I'm not saying they're going 12 and four. That's not happening, but that division can be won possibly at nine and seven this year. Like we saw last year with the Eagles. So you know, they're seven and five down the stretch. They got to play the Giants and the, you know, Cowboys, let's say. You just never know. Or, you know, I mean, I, I think that defensive line is going to be so good that it's going to make that entire defense good. And if the offense can just put up points, you know, in, in six, seven games, they might win nine or 10, really, you know. What's your third surprise team? So th- this one kind of um, – th- this one comes for you a little bit, pal, because I saw you tweeting about it earlier. If you say Lions, I'm just going to walk away Like, because I, I know you're the biggest Lions homer. You got Lions eyes every game you watch. You know, you're watching a game, ball goes in the crowd, and you're like, did Galdi catch that? Like, you need your Lions glasses fixed. Look, it's not happening. Stop it with the Lions. I've seen Peter Schrager say something. I've seen Mina Kimes say something. Now I'm hearing Jared, the agent Nyland, say something. Quit it with the damn Lions. Okay, see, this is why it wasn't really a third team. I just saw you tweeting about it, so I wanted to bring it up. So you're really upset that the media is picking the Lions as a as a sleeper team. Well, what do you, what does everybody think is going to happen? Did the team really change that much? Well, you get Stafford back, and I know even bef- during Stafford's time last season, it wasn't fantastic by any means. But, I mean, you have Stafford coming back. You have the third pick in Akuda. I know you lost Slay. But you, you place him with Akuda and, and Trufant, basically. So kind of two for one there. Um, I, I think I think they did well in the draft. And I think a lot of, you know, analysts and personalities think they did well in the draft as well. Um, and, it, and it's kind of, I, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, aside from Bosa, there's a lot of similarities to the 49ers where you're getting a QB back off an injury where, you know, that might kind of, regenerate the team a little bit um i don't think our defense is nearly nearly as good as you know we'd even think the 49ers were the defense for going into last year but i think that's kind of where it comes from i think a lot of that hype starts with stafford coming off an injury okay (laughs) i got nothing for you man you're the (laughs) you're the third person in the past week uh, second good friend who I actually love and care about, but I'm starting to get worried about because of how good they think the Lions are. So I'm just going to say, okay. 
JP, quick quick note here. Giannis just missed two free throws to make it a four-point game with 45 seconds left. That's not even the best thing about this game. The Miami Heat have 113 points and may win game two. Jimmy Butler has 10 points. You know what? You know what's funny about that is before, I don't know if you caught it, pregame interview uh, on the court, Jimmy Butler literally says, yeah, I was feeling it the other night, so I kind of took over and made the baskets when they needed to be made. He goes, I don't care if Hero does it. I don't care if Duncan Robinson does it, Bam does it. Like He's like, I don't care who scores and gets buckets. If they're feeling it, they need to get buckets. That's how we're going to play around here. As long as we get the win, we're good to go. So there you go. He was kind of he, – he basically spoke the truth, and that's exactly what seems to be happening tonight with Goran Dragic with 23. That's Jared, the agent. I'm James A. Paxson. This is James and the agent on 12-Ounce Sports, Zingo TV, Channel 761. We talk sports good is going to come up after us. We got about five more minutes of show. And then 9.30 Eastern Time, 8.30 Central Time, we talk sports good is up. And they have their NFL preview with an AFC preview tonight. It's part one of two of their NFL preview. They do the AFC tonight. That's We Talk Sports Good. Right after this on 12-Ounce Sports and Zingo TV Channel 761. Jared, the agent Nylans, continuing our NFL talk right now. Well, with it already being 922, JP, let's just uh, let's talk Super Bowl matchup and your predictions there. You know, it's hard because I keep saying I haven't seen a team play and, you know, I know that doesn't – I know that's a bad excuse, but I think this year what you're going to see is a couple teams really not benefit from preseason. As much as we don't like to watch it, I don't think we need four preseason games, but from going forward, let's have two preseason games every year. Don't do zero preseason because a lot of these teams are not going to do well. You know, I, I think Joe Burrow's not going to look the best because he didn't have a preseason. I think Dallas – they have the talent to be very successful, and I think they're going to be one of these teams that starts 2-4, and four, and then, you know, they win six straight to have a winning record because they didn't have a preseason. Um, I think one team that's very good that may not be that great will be San Francisco because I think teams are going to figure out that defense. If you remember a year ago with the Rams, they had an amazing offense. Well, what happened, Jared? They found out how to take care of that offense. So... I think San Francisco is one of the good teams that may falter a little bit. I think the Seattle Seahawks, another, because of how hard that division is. Not saying either team won't win the division, but I don't think either team is going to win 12, 13 games by far. Um, I think the Colts are going to be really ugly to watch on offense. I don't see Phillip Rivers doing that amazing. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I don't think that one's going to go very well. I think the Super Bowl for me is going to be Kansas City and Minnesota. Look, I love what the Vikings do. I like that offense. Dalvin Cook has been one of the best running backs in the league, and now he's going to be able to take care of business with Kirk Cousins having a playoff win. And I I think getting Stephon Diggs off their roster was a good move. And they have Adam Thielen, who I think is a very good wide receiver, and they have Kyle Rudolph, who I think is in top 10 of the tight ends in the league, and now they have Yannick Ngakwe on the D-line. I think Minnesota will win the NFC, and then the AFC and my Super Bowl champion is the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't see how they got worse at all, and they could get better. Like, Patrick Mahomes is still on his rookie deal when he wins a Super Bowl. And then now, I don't know. I I think Kansas City's scary good. It wouldn't surprise me if Kansas City wins 12-plus games 
If you gave me an over-under of 12, I may bet that over on Kansas City. So my Super Bowl, Kansas City, Minnesota, Kansas City, uh, Chiefs win. JP, JP, JP. How do we have? How do we both have Kirk Cousins in the Super Bowl? And did you read my pre-show notes? I mean, I mean, we we both have the Chiefs and Vikings. <laughs> well, okay, I'll I'll say this then. I think the Ravens could be a team to do it as well. No, I'll be fair because you're you're not happy with it, and I'm going to change it for you. Okay. No, no, you don't have to. No, no, no. I, I'm not asking you to do that at all. I just thought I was being off the wall, completely different, picking the Vikings to make it, and then you picked them as well. So now I'm like, wow. I who guess else I, do you I, pick? I'm not like, the only one who thinks about the Vikings. Okay, to finish up our show real quick in the last couple minutes here, Jared, is there a clear front runner in the NFC? No, not at all. I mean, technically, yes. As much as I joke about it, I think. Maybe there's two or three teams that for sure won't do it, but you could give me 13 teams that say, yeah, they could win the playoffs or their division. Sure. You think the Bears could win the division? Maybe. You think the Packers could win the division? Maybe. The Lions could maybe win their division? Maybe. The Vikings could win their division? Maybe. The Cardinals could win their division? Maybe. The 49ers could win their division. The Seahawks could win their division? Maybe. To both. The Cowboys could win their division. The Eagles could win their division. You, uh, you said the Washington football team was a surprise. Okay. The Washington football team. Like the, the Saints, Panthers, Falcons, and Bucks could all win that division, in my opinion. I think some are favored more, but they all could win the division. It's like there's not a clear front runner. Am I saying anything that's that crazy? No, I I agree with you. It was it was tough to pick a winner, uh, in my opinion. I just kind of went with overall the best, I, what I think is the most solid offense and defense combination, and that's where I came up with the Vikings in that regard. Um, I mean, you could, you could, somebody could give me reasons on about just about every team to win the NFC. And I would agree with most of them. That's Jared, the agent. I'm James Apex. And Jared, what are we talking about next week on James and the agent on 12 on sports and Zingo TV channel 761? Well, next week, as always, we'll start with the question segment, kind of, uh, our, our go-to, uh, bread maker there at the beginning of our show. I think we'll definitely get a little bit more into some uh, more detailed football stuff as well. Uh, maybe set a little bit more time aside to kind of go through some conferences and divisions and, and talk about a lot of different teams uh, compared to tonight. And, you know, we're going to be uh, pretty far into a lot of the second round of the NBA playoffs. So that should be fun to look at. And, you know, we could have some uh, conference finals winding down in the NHL as well. So I'm sure we'll get into that as well. That's Jared, the agent. I am James A. Paxson. Everybody have a good night, and we'll talk to you next week. Check out the podcast tomorrow, wherever you get your podcast. Everyone have a good night.